Uh, I'll pray and then we'll look at uh, God's word together. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of year in which we get to focus our minds on the coming of our Lord and Saviour Jesus. Help us now as we take a moment to think about the peace that you have given us through the gift of your Son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Where is the peace at Christmas? Uh, We see the word peace written on Christmas cards. We hear it sung in carols. Uh, Most significantly, we we have heard the angels proclaiming peace on earth in the Bible reading that we just heard. But at Christmas time, I think many people are left wondering, where is the peace at Christmas? As we feel the kind of last-minute stress of Christmas shopping, we think, where's the peace? As we kind of witness among family members at Christmas lunch, arguments, discord, we think, where's the peace? As we listen to tragic news reports, hear uh, hear of rising case numbers, we think, where's the peace? Uh, Tonight I want to take a little bit of time to think about this idea of peace at Christmas, and in particular what God means when he promises peace through his angels on that very first Christmas night. So what we'll do is think about what God's promise of peace uh, is all about, why God's peace is linked to the birth of Jesus, and how we should respond to that message of peace. So first let's think about what God's promise of peace is all about. Uh, When you think peace at Christmas, uh, what do you think? Uh, Maybe it's the kind of peace among nations that uh, John Lennon sung about in his famous song, Happy Christmas, War is Over. Maybe it's that kind of peace that uh, you hope to have with your extended family during Christmas Day lunch, one in which there's no arguments, no tension. Maybe it's that peace and quiet that you relish when the grandparents take your kids out for on a Christmas holiday day out. Uh, we have our ideas about what peace might mean at Christmas, but what does God mean when his angels declare to those shepherds, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests? What is this peace that has come to earth? Well, biblically speaking, God's peace is actually more than just uh, an inner feeling of quiet or calm. And it's actually bigger than uh, the relational harmony of a family or, or even the relational harmony among nations. At its heart, the peace that the angels speak of here is the idea of people being at peace or in good relationship with God, our creator. And you see, in the eyes of God, it's that kind of peace that we need more than anything else in the world. You see, God's word tells us that we all have a broken relationship with God. It says that we've turned our back on God, living in his world, yet ignoring him in our lives. And it's this kind of attitude, the Bible calls sin, that is offensive to God, destroys our relationship with him and has consequences. Uh, It's a little bit like if you were 
on your own at Christmas and a kind neighbour of yours, uh, knowing that, invited you over to have Christmas lunch with him and his family. But when you get there, instead of acting in a respectful and thankful manner, you just ignore him as he holds the door open with a smile on his face. You walk straight in, ignoring the please take your shoes off sign. Uh, You don't really say hi to anyone else in the house. Uh, When you get in there, you help yourself to a couple of the presents you see under the tree because they didn't have a name tag on them anyway. Uh, And then instead of sitting with your neighbour and his family for lunch, you just walk into the kitchen, load up your plate, head into the living room, plonk yourself down on their nice white couch, and you just start eating Christmas lunch in front of their TV. See, in short, you just completely ignore your gracious and good neighbour and you simply do what you like in his house. Uh, We all know that kind of attitude would likely get us kicked out of the house, but certainly kill our relationship with our neighbour. And you see, that's what our sin does with God. It kills the relationship. It makes us enemies with the good owner, the good host of the world we live in. It gets us kicked out of the blessing and eternal life of God, and it puts us under the just judgment of God. You see, that's actually the bad news that affects all of us. But the good news of Christmas is that God is offering us, the bad house guests, peace in place of hostility. It's like the offended neighbour graciously coming over to our house on Boxing Day and extending the offer of a renewed relationship, despite us having first screwed it up. You see, when the angels declare peace on earth, they are saying that God is willing to forgive our sin against him, to restore the relationship and give us the hope of eternal life instead of the condemnation and death that we deserve for our sin. That is the peace the angels proclaim. And that is why they intro their message earlier as good news of great joy back in verse 10. Uh, The opening line of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which we'll sing at the end, actually captures very well the kind of peace that God is offering at Christmas. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. You see, that's the kind of peace that the angels are talking about, the glorious gift of reconciliation between sinners and God. But why do the angels link this peace with the birth of Jesus? Well, the answer is that Jesus is the one who makes God's promise of peace a reality. See, notice that the promise of peace spoken about by the angels is actually only for those on whom God's favour rests. That's the last, the second part of their statement. The obvious implication being that without God's favour, uh, there is no peace. So how do we get God's favour? Well, the message of Christmas is that God's favour comes through trusting God's saviour. That's why the angels make such a big deal 
about Jesus' birth with the shepherds. Today in the town of Bethlehem, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Messiah or Christ the Lord. See, Jesus was not born simply to be a good role model for us. He wasn't born simply to be a good and wise teacher that gives us life advice. Jesus was born to be our saviour, the son of God sent by God to save us by dying for us. See, when Jesus grew up and became a man, he willingly paid the penalty of our sin by dying in our place on a cross. At the cross, Jesus took upon himself our punishment for sin and took away from us the hostility and the judgment of God, giving to us forgiveness and eternal life that flows from our new peace with God. In Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul kind of puts it like this. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. See, if you have Jesus, you have peace, true peace. That is why the prophet Isaiah refers to Jesus as the Prince of Peace in his prophecy written hundreds of years earlier. God's glorious gift of peace comes to you through Jesus and his death for you. Uh, I wonder if you've ever had someone really splurge on a Christmas gift for you. Uh, Maybe it was like your parents buying you a new car at the end of year 12. Maybe someone gave you an overseas holiday, perhaps some expensive jewellery from a very close person. Well, one of the most expensive Christmas gifts ever given was a 189-carat diamond given by Count Grigory Orlov to his love interest, Catherine the Great of Russia. This diamond is the size of half an egg. The Count purportedly purchased it for 1.4 million Dutch florins. I actually have no idea really what that means. But some place the value of this diamond, which is still around, at about $200 million, but some actually think it's just priceless. Can you imagine being given such a precious and costly gift. You see, the remarkable thing about Christmas is that God has given to us a far greater and far more costly Christmas gift. God gives you the gift of peace at the infinitely costly price of his son. Uh, Catherine the Great was only really able to enjoy this diamond for as long as she was alive after she received it. But you see, we get to enjoy peace with God from the moment we receive it through faith in Jesus into eternity. So how should we respond to this glorious gift of peace that God extends to us in Jesus at Christmas? Well, I think that the responses that we see from the shepherds and from Mary at the end of that Bible passage 
actually direct us in how we should respond. And there are four things I just want to leave you with based off their responses. The first is to come and see. You see, the shepherds teach us to come and see Jesus, to investigate the news about him in greater detail, to act on what you've actually heard from the angels, because that's what they do, isn't it? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, maybe you're not a Christian or a follower of Jesus. Maybe the news of peace with God through faith in Jesus is as actually is as new to you as it was for the shepherds when they first heard it. Well, let me encourage you to do what they did and look into things in greater detail. Come and see if Jesus is as the angels say he is, God's saviour who brings peace on earth. Now, you won't find Jesus in Bethlehem anymore where the shepherds found him, but Jesus still lives. God raised him from the dead and has given a written revelation all about him in the Bible. So come and see Jesus as he's revealed in one of the Gospels about him. Now, if you want to do that, you can let myself or Neil or another Christian know. Uh, We do offer a Christianity Explored course each term here at Bundy. So you might want to actually join us for that as it starts up next February. But the shepherds teach us that it's worth coming to see what the Lord has told you through his angels about Jesus. But second, go and tell. The shepherds teach us to go and tell of God's peace that comes through God's saviour. See, if you're someone who does know Jesus as God's saviour, the one who brings you peace with God, then that's actually news worth sharing. And that's what the shepherds do, isn't it? After they see that the word of the angels checked out, they can't stop talking about Jesus. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see, something as wonderful as peace with God through the saviour of God, that actually deserves to be shared. I was convicted of that last year, which is why I kind of created a giant message in lights on our front deck uh, that read, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. But you see, uh, contrary to my expectation, that sign actually didn't really have the full effect that I hoped it would. Not one of my neighbours actually commented on it. But I think that actually just reminded me that the message of Christmas is actually best proclaimed in the ordinary person-to-person conversations. You see, you don't need a huge neon sign to tell about Jesus' peace. You just need to be willing to talk to someone uh, as you're convinced of the great news like the shepherds were. So what might it look like for you to do that among your friends and family tomorrow at some of your get-togethers? Maybe it's as simple as just saying a short grace before Christmas lunch in which you praise God for the peace he gives you in Jesus. Or just maybe it's a brief comment as you get chatting around the barbecue later in the day about what you heard of the true meaning of peace on earth from the Christmas service you attended. Because that idea of peace, I think, can be a bit confused in our society. 
But however we do it, let's aim to be like the shepherds who go and tell. But third, treasure and ponder. See, the response of Mary, I think, reminds us of our need to treasure and to ponder our peace with God in our hearts. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, we too need to treasure our peace with God that God provides for us in Jesus. Not seeing it as something that's kind of good about being a Christian, but life-changing, something that is incomparably great, something that gives our lives lasting hope and meaning. Uh, My dad, who now suffers with dementia, has been a great example of someone in my life who has treasured his peace with God in Jesus. A few months uh, back, he said to me in a kind of moment of clarity, I know I can't do much. I know I can't remember much. But if I don't pull through all this, I do know I'm going to heaven. And I was actually somewhat amazed that Dad was still able to say that with such clarity and conviction, kind of amidst his uh, condition. But then I thought, actually, no, that's what happens when for the past seven decades you've been treasuring, holding on to that truth that Jesus died to give you peace with God and that there is now hope of life beyond the sickness and death of this world. See, I don't know about you, but I sure hope that one of the last things that I'm remembering in life is the fact that Jesus has guaranteed my peace and my life with the Holy God. But that comes through being a bit like Mary, treasuring and pondering our peace with God in our hearts. But finally, glorify and praise See, the last reaction of the shepherds here teach us to glorify and praise God for his gift of peace through Jesus. That's the last note the passage leaves us on. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, it's right at Christmas to praise God and to give him thanks That's why we've sung Christmas praises to God this evening. That's why you've heard and will hear prayers of thanksgiving. In the busyness of tomorrow, don't forget to just simply take some time to praise God for sending such a wonderful saviour. So how does God want us to respond to the news that Jesus has come to bring us peace? Come and see, go and tell, treasure and ponder glorify and praise. Uh, Where is the peace at Christmas? Well, God through his angels has shown us that it is found in Jesus Christ, our saviour who reconciles us to God. Uh, Christmas is often a time where we feel more busy than relaxed, more stressed out than calm, And I think for many of us, this year has been no exception, perhaps even maybe worse for some. Uh, Only a few days and I, Ruth and I, were stressing over our kids getting sick once again, right before all the family catch-ups. There were all the usual worries, 
of how contagious they might be, what a plan B could look like, trips to the chemist, rapid antigen testing. And look, I'm sure you've all had your own version of stress at Christmas. But God's message through the angels, I think, comforts us amidst our stress at Christmas. See, it tells us that although our experience of the Christmas season might not be peaceful, if we trust in Jesus, we can still be full of peace. The peace that truly matters, the peace that lasts forever, our peace with God. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your great gift of peace that comes through faith in Jesus. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you that through faith in Jesus you promise to forgive our sins, restore our relationship with you, and grant us the hope of eternal life. Help us to investigate that message further if we need to, to share it with others, to treasure it, and to live our lives praising you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.